and out that he's more than just uh, the, the different type of tzaddik and on of an American godel. We want to talk about his, his we're talking about Scheinberg's greatness in Torah and specifically his significance and contribution to, in the greater Torah world. There have been a lot of maimorim um, written in the last you know, 15, 20 years by people that I actually am good friends with and were chavrusas with and sometimes they used to come to my shurim. There's a friend of mine who wrote a uh, 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 Amir Mashiach wrote a, uh, a, a, a wonderful treatment on Shom Zaman Orebach on the Mahalach of Shom Zaman Orebach. My colleague in SAR, uh, uh, Dr. Harold Gordon uh, wrote an, uh, an appreciation of the Derech HaPsach of Moshe Feinstein. So this idea of, of looking at people not from the so recent past and not so distant past, I mean, and analyzing and talking about their contributions, even w- it was connected to the email, you might have seen it, we even had, you know, Benjamin Braun who, who uh, wrote this massive book on the Chazanish that you know, was quite famous. He's also wrote uh, appreciation and understanding of Rav Shach, and he actually even had an essay where he deals with Rabbi Yashem and Rav Shtema. I didn't see anything similar in any way uh, about Rav Scheinberg, and of course, it, you would say, well, of course, he didn't play that type of role, uh, and, and therefore, I think there's been a lack, or at least a, if not a disinterest, there's been a sense of, yes, we know who he is, we know he's great, and we know that he was, he, his, he was very important, but what he was about and what his Torah is about and uh, I think has been somewhat of a mystery. And um, I think I have a little bit of a, of a key to get there. So you, you, everybody will help me out as we try to understand his Torah a little bit better. Uh, Yanki, yes, today we are dedicating, uh, we do have a dedication this week. A very close friend of mine uh, informed me, and he's a young man, he's younger than I am by quite a bit. Um, and I hadn't heard from him in, in, in a while. And, uh, you know, I was wondering, is our relationship still okay? What's going on? I haven't heard from you. And he got back to me to tell me that he had been dealing with a, um, um, a serious cancer situation. And that he, Baruch Hashem, is, um, uh, is dealing well with the treatments. And I, of course, whirled with the, and shocked with the news. And um, I, I asked him if it would be all right if I dedicated today's shear to him. So, uh, again, being discreet about who he is, just to tell you, he's a very close friend of mine, and Mordechai Eliyahu Hakoyan ben Yehuda Zelda. And uh, as every single year I go down to my father's grave, and my father's mayor ben Zion, um, I spend quite a bit of time until Imper Kufutes. So, right away, I remembered that every single, almost six out of the four, I think five out of those, or, of the psukim there, of the, uh, of the eight, of the eight mems, begin with a mem and end with a yud. And I thought all of them were appropriate. I'm not going to spend a lot of time because I don't want to, I want to be discreet about the person's identity. But I do want to say he is a, he is a person of, uh, in the public sphere. Uh, and all of us, of course, would like to aspire to this. I think uh, the, the, our chayla has this in, in large degree the love of Teira, and I think here it's interesting that sometimes, you know, we have Asik in Teira and uh, Amelis in Teira, but our Sifas Fulan sometimes is clipped and not necessarily of the same way, sometimes it's terse. Um, I think that uh, Mordechai Leo, not only does he have a tremendous Abbas at Teira and appreciation, which allowed him actually to oh, rise above sort of his humble beginnings and to really aspire to, to greatness in Torah but it's also his sicha even when you speak to him in some other way Torah inserts itself um, and I think that's 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 the madreg that Dovin Amalek is talking about you know you can tell uh, similarly here again that um, <laughs> we all have different oven. We all have different enemies, and sometimes they're internal, and sometimes they can even be like a, a cancer that's in our in our body, in our system. But we're able, in a way, to be machkim those. We're able, in a way, to outsmart them, to be able to create a path for our life. 
and that's by understanding that the mitzvahs are there, even in a, a difficult situation. So may oivay tachimeni, even though um, we, we we know that we have oivim, and, and sometimes ourselves in our own yitzharas, but sometimes it's our body itself becomes an oiv to us. But because those last forever, those give us a sense of our eternal place. Once again, uh, Mordechai definitely uh, embodies this person who uh, is very learned and not just taking information, but actually to become maskil from what you learn. And we all have malamdim. We all, many of us sitting around this table, have had great teachers. And whether it was in a formal way or an informal way, Yanki was telling me that he learned a lot from Rav Scheinberg, from even in an informal way, not just from his from his teachings, but just being around them. We all have people that uh, have been malamed us, whether it's people or books. But uh, the madrega, of course, is iskalti, is to actually become a person of, of, of not just intellect, but a person who understands and who radiates that idea. Uh, this person is quite young, as I said, he's quite a bit younger than I am, but um, he's old beyond his, uh, he's older despite his years, and all of us, I think, can aspire to this. Of course, the simple shot, as Gershon is thinking, means I can actually be more than Zikainim. But I think there's another way you could say it is that I can get from Zikainim. That from Zikainim, the people from the generations that I never actually saw, but heard about and studied and read about, I can create Vina. And the reason why we can do that is because we have the Pekude Hashem. In other words, Pekude Hashem binds us, the same uh, Indian of, uh, of, of Shatnas and, and uh, or Wasafim Shor Bedishrei, whatever the mitzvah is, or the Leisase is, whatever the Pekuda Hashem is, uh, we keep it, and in a way that allows us to connect to the previous days. And again, I think that this is a, a midah that, that the Chayla has in, in, in very large degree, to be able to actually have some great respect and understanding and I'm going to have to again I might be giving a little bit away here by saying that it's not only from the Zikainim that we understand the Zikainim but also the Zikainim in world wisdom and philosophy and I think that could also be true this is a person who, who has really made his life into thinking in the world of the mind and the mitzvah Hashem allow you to do that because it keeps you centered and focused um, that's Mordechai. Okay, I did that pretty quickly, Yaki. Eliyahu. This is a little bit of a hop on my part, and it's a little bit influenced by just learning Masechus Erechin. I know we have a couple of Tafiomi people around the table here, too, who've done Erechin. But again, Achare, and at the end of Erechin, it talks about these mitzvahs, about, uh, it uses this postic about uh, a person who has sold himself. Now we know the person has become so poor, as Rabbi Shuman Hananya says, that he's actually sold himself as a trustee to the church, a trustee to Avodah right? That he was Nimkar, Eker, Mishpachas, Ger. The Pusik says that he's person has become so poor and insolvent and, and desperate that the only way he, Parnos and life he has is by being with uh, in the church what's and again that's the almost the lowest way a person can be is coming from those those heights I, I'm going to say that that's Nimkar you're actually sold and with forces beyond your control the Pasuk says Geula he'll have a Geula he will be redeemed Echad Echad Me'echav Yigolenu one of his brothers, and that's the mitzvah to do whatever we can to get that person out of that situation. Of course, as, as the Pasuk says, you can't cheat the guy, <laughs> you, but you do whatever you can, all methods we can, to get that person out of that situation. So I will say to Mordechai Eliyahu that I know you've been nimkar to a disease which is, which is, in a way, very difficult and unfeeling, but ge'ula tiyalo, you will be, have a ge'ula, you will be restored. And I hope that as someone who feels like a brother to you, Echad may Echad Yigalenu, and hopefully by saying the Shir in your schus, by all of us being Mishtat, if we're all brothers to you in this way, and we can beguile you from that situation that you're at, and you should come back. Okay. All right? So, now, Rav Scheinberg. 
Um, so, if we take, I'll tell you, the, the idea here um, comes from, the title comes from Rav Scheinberg's own writings. Um, in the Tabata HaChoshen and in the Melulei Evan, those are two svarim that Rav Scheinberg wrote uh, that give the reader a panorama of the Ketzois, the Nesivas, and the Avnei Meluim. Um, and on e- he almost has on every simon that the Ketzois and, and the Avnei Meluim write, he has Ha'oras sometimes pages and pages. And he introduces them uh, on his Shardaf. This is the way he introduces them. He says that they are... Again, I, I don't have a page of the Atoma here, but he says that this is Biurim of the Achronim in, um, yeah, you can see here the Rabister Zalman Meltzer. Uh, I'm sorry. Rabister Zalman Meltzer, um, and you can see Scheinberg here was in, his, was in his early 40s. Take a look at Rabister Zalman Meltzer writes here. He was 40 years old. And again, I don't know the history so much about the Chafetz Chaim Yeshiva in Brooklyn. We know about the Chafetz Chaim in Queens, the Forest Hills, right? The same Yeshiva? Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of... Right. It was Rav David who was, he was, he passed away. Right. Rav David was in... Rav David was in... Uh, was, was Williamsburg. That's where Chafetz Chaim was. <laughs> so that was... Brooklyn. That was Brooklyn. And when her panels took over, the yeshiva eventually moved to court. Right. So for a while, Rav Scheinberg was the Menachel of the yeshiva. Now, I'm not sure if that means he was Mashiach. Again, it was some... some no, usually meant high school. Right. That's what I was thinking, that maybe he was running the high school there. But... What? I know older Chavetz Chaim that... That used to hear Shir from Rav Scheinberg. He gave a Shir in the yeshiva, too. Yeah, yeah, that's why, you know, Gershon, I didn't think he was just, like, running around saying, you better wake yeah, up in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But he was the manal of, 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 of Williamsburg's uh, Chavetz Chaim. And uh, he had a Rabonis, as you can see, in New York as well. And take a look and see what um, Rav Mr. Zalman wrote. He had a famous father in yeah, yeah Herman. Yeah, yeah. We, right. We talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you haven't been listening to your to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. But take a look what he says here. This is this is not this is Mr. Zalman speaking here. Zalman says when I look in that safer, I see wow, it's it's galata ideas. They're deep. And Ubemis Hadras Gaoinoi, you know, he's forty years old. The greatness of your of, of your goodness, your makdin, your 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 spieling out, your probing anivas, you're acting more modest than you really need to be because of how significant this book is. Because what you wrote was, and this is what our Scheinberg wrote on a number of his farm, his two major farm, I think even on the the safer on the Shav Shmaita, he writes ha'aris. These are her notes and points, and he decided, of course, not to shortchange the nesivas. The Ktsos and the Nesivas. Asher Luktu Migdoli Achroinim. Right? And basically, what I did was, these are Haaris that I sort of like picked from the Achronim and put them in one place for you. So, like sort of a Menachel is sort of getting things organized, he's, he's saying about himself, these books are really for the reader, for the student. I just decided, you know, I did some research and I, I found points. And then he says, Vahisafti, Rav Scheinberg says about himself, Vahisafti Nofech Misheli. And I added a, a Nofech. Now, in, in um, Talmudic parlance and the rabbinic parlance, a Nofech usually means, and of course I'm going to tell you what the source is in a second, but usually that means, okay, I added a little of a Chiddush of my own, right? In other words, it's ba- a lot of this is from what I've heard from others, but there's a little bit of original thought that I've given myself. The nofach becomes, is almost like, and again, those of you that have seen that language in rabbinic literature will understand what I mean. I looked at Ben Yehuda this morning, Gershon, just to be sure about it, and he quotes some of the earlier people like the Radvaz and others who quote this idea, this, this phrase, and it's part of, it's become part of the culture. I'm adding a nofach, that's all. I'm just adding a little point. Yeah, it, it, it's not that I didn't do anything here, but it's mostly other people, and I'm adding something else. Not just a nofach. So, on that, again, without making too much of the point, I think that if we take a look at the original Pustic, 
where the word nofech comes from, which Rav Scheinberg keeps on using, that nofech, where he gets it from Chazal and from rabbinic literature, but of course the Pasuk is in Pasuk when it describes the Yechoshan, Ha'ifot, right, Vatur Hasheni, the second level of the of the Choshen, the time go to war, right, it's got nofech sapir v'yahalom, and it happens to be Yehuda's uh, stone is the Nofech. There's a big Rabbeinu Bachi who explains exactly what Yehuda has to do with Nofech. I don't know what the translation of that stone is. Artsbro doesn't translate it as Nofech. I, was, I couldn't find my uh, living Torah this morning to find out how Arya Kaplan, Satsal, uh, developed it. But I think the idea here is is that if you think about the Choshen, Again, it'd be very good if the tour Hashemi in the tours safer was Chayshin Mishpur. It's not. <laughs> the the tour, of course, the Rav Yaakov Alaturim wrote his uh, his safer on the halachos that are relevant in today's times, and he calls it the tour because it's the four rows of the Choshen, right? So there's the first. This is the second row, and in the tours way of looking at things. The first row is Arachayim. The second one is Yoradea. The third one is Evan Ezer. And Choshen Mishpat is the fourth one. So it would be great if this Atur Hashemi would have been uh, Choshen Mishpat, which is where Rav Scheinberg started. But I think still the point is, whether it's in Yoradea or not, he put that Nofech in there. And what he tried to do was not just reinvent the wheel, he said, I'm going to give you the panorama, just like the, the, the Choshen is, is, it's got all these beautiful things. It's, 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 the whole, it's the whole package. Here's one of the stones. I'm going to add something here. And I think that in that way, we were talking yesterday, uh, last week, about Scheinberg's inherent gifts. And, and talking even about the way he spoke about himself. And of course, he was such a, a, a modest person. But I think everybody would say that, that it's not like <coughs> Rebel Yashiv or, or Rav Misha or others that, that people were always blown away by his, his, his brilliance and, and mind. I think he worked, we were talking about this last week, with, with incredible efforts. And of course, he was, <laughs> but, you know, people who have this, demure, I mean, there is this whole, for little children, you know, they have this, these stories that these gadolim were sort of like dense and they worked on themselves to become great. You even grow up hearing that the Nitziv was sort of like weak-minded and he had to work so hard to become so brilliant. Now, obviously, when you have a brain like, like Rabbi Yosef Dave Salavechik, the original, the Beis Halevi, that was sort of like you know, 20 steps ahead of everybody, all right, but the Nitziv was, was, was not. You don't become Yesh Mayayim. But Scheinberg, similarly, of course, worked. He wasn't like, oh, I'm a shvacha, shvacha balkishrin, and I, I couldn't, I had to stick my... I mean, they talk about the Nesivas himself, and when the Nesivas, Yaakov Leiberbaum, his Rebbe was Remeshul Meigre, uh, um, who was known as a tremendous Veltzilui. So they say that the Nesivas would hear Shiurim from Remeshul Meigre, and it was so difficult for him. He would take notes, and it was so hard for him to understand it that he would spend hours at night reviewing it, and he would find himself falling asleep, so he would pick up his, uh, his pant legs and stick his feet into cold water in order to wake himself up so he could go over these notes and figure out what Rav Meshul Migra meant. Now, no one is, no one is going to tell you that the Chavaz Das and the Nesivas was, oh yeah, Shabbat Kabbal Kishre Nebuch, but he worked on himself, right? <laughs> the point, I think, is, is that I, I, I would want to say that Rav Scheibrick didn't have inherent in his DNA. No? Uh, otherwise, you know, the, the people who pushed him to become, you know, to go and learn in that yeshiva, what was it, Rav Levenger's yeshiva, the yeshiva that he learned at when he, was, uh, when he came to America, he went to a, a yeshiva upstate, right? Uh, somewhere in the, where they didn't have any Lemurei Chol at all, right? There was the yeshiva, you know what I'm talking about? The New Haven, right. I'm sorry, Connecticut, not New York. So he learned over there. <laughs> Obviously, people saw greatness in him, even from a young age. But he definitely was an example of creating his brilliance. He pushed himself. He portrayed himself as a regular guy. True, but you know, that, that, that was that was part of his greatness. Yes, but and, but I do think that he went way beyond what most people would do in Asmada and Amelus, and I think he achieves brilliance. And I think there is brilliance in the presentation, just like in the Choshen. There's a brilliance of each stone in the setting. What he does 
radiates a brilliance. It's not the type of... It was interesting because one of the articles which I did not append here is Rav Scheinberg's modest and slight but cogent critique of Rav Shlomo Zalman. Rav Shlomo Zalman in 1964, I didn't append it here, but in 1964, Rav Shlomo Zalman, writing in Rav Nachum Kasher's Torah journal Noam, wrote a, a 90-page... Is it 90? 60? So maybe it's 40. It's 40 to 90. It, it, okay, Alicha Shlomo is not Rav Shlomo Zalman. That's his Talmidim being Malachit. This, this eventually... This was an article he wrote before he was the Rav Shlomo Zalman. And this was an article of an Eitzah for women who were missing their ovulation date. And um, it was basically an examination of the halacha of, 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 of psichas hakever menachut. The problem, of course, is that women who, who, who keep the din of Reb Zayra, and that's everybody, um, who, keeps, who, who keep even on any, uh, any blood discharge, no matter what, they are going to keep uh, Shiva Nikiyim. The problem was that many of these women, because they need Shiva Nikiyim, would lose the ovulation date. Because you can't begin the Shiva Nikiyim, you can't begin the seven days until it's clear that the woman has stopped bleeding and she has to do a badika. Sometimes if you're lucky, you can get away with five days, but for many women the bleeding lasts well over a week. So where there's a week and another week of being in the state of, uh, of Nidus. And therefore, even though she goes to the Mikvah eventually, she's already missed her ovulation date. And many of these women spent years of their lives, and believe me, I understand it very well, in a state of, 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 of infertility, which was so from Azalman, if you who just came up going, so, you know, he has an Eitzah. And his Eitzah is, is to attach... Uh, when a woman realizes that, that she's coming towards her period, there's a way to it. She felt there was a way of attaching a tube to where she'd be bleeding from, and therefore it would be considered dam ferris and he had an eitz that this way they wouldn't have to be machmir on the, on, on, the same, on, on the same waiting period that they would have to normally. So he wrote this article, um, and uh, it was... <laughs> Everybody, you know, was, was quite impressed by it, and Rav uh, Scheinberg has had an art. Rav Scheinberg responded as well, and he, of course, he was already he was living in America at the time, and um, you can see there, you know, how he actually takes on Rav Shlomo and has points against him. So far be it for me to be Machnas Hari Ben Roshayidayim, but Rav Shlomo and again, anybody who's familiar with Mincha Shloyma, which is his, his great piece, they said, wow, he's so smart. Why did I think of that? I mean, it's so correct, right? Even the stuff in Alicha Shlomo is saying, well, that makes sense, right? <laughs> well, how come nobody thought about this up until now? People do not say that thing about Roshanberg, right? People don't say, wow. Right? They don't have that type. Roshanberg is, like is, is a mind that it, 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 it's, it's different. It's like, he's so smart and so glot. Right? He's so glot and so smart at the same time. Like, yeah, of course it's a tremendous finish. I would have thought that. I, should have I don't think I could argue with him. I mean, who else could take on the Kazanish, right? also, I don't want to say operator, but he was a postman. That was his job, so to speak. Roshan was a Rosh Hashiva. People didn't look at him as a postman. Okay. <laughs> yes and no. Roshan Zalman was also a Rosh Hashiva. Rosh was also a Rosh And as we mentioned last week, he'd be... So, I just want to say like this, that they, that they are good... Con- right. But even in their Torah, that's what I want to say. In their Torah, there's a contrast. Rosh Hashiva is there to really pummel the Achranim in some way. Right? He's there, he has tremendous respect for them, but he, he implodes them. He implodes them, and now he becomes one of the main players. Now you could argue with him and disagree with him, but he, right, you see a similar fearlessness, with, again, with Rav Asher Weiss today. A similar sort of fearlessness. Tremendous respect, but wow, that's a, from a Zalman's psaac, it blows you out of the water. And Rav Scheinberg, I can send to Rav Scheinberg, you know, oh, oh, this is an incredible mime. I just have a couple of points here. So I think that's really what I'm trying to say here is that it's, it's not the same sort of Shlomazal. And if people say, well, keep a little true, you're, 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 you're going to go judge these people, you're garnished. Okay, good. But I, I do try to read and live with them 
It's not the same sort of brilliance. However, I do believe that there's an erud. As I said, we have to appreciate the added nofach, and there's an erudition that emerges from his humility itself. So let's take let's take the first one. And you have the stories that he's I, 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 again, Mark, that's how people look at him. True. And I, and that's what, Zalman grew up and used the Yerushalayim of old. He grew up among, you know what, I'm asking, but I'll tell you, I, I, I did a search last Arab Shabbos as I'm sitting there waiting to close up the meat plant. A lot of cooking going on this summer. People like their hot dogs, I can tell you that. So, again, I haven't made an early Shabbos since today's Purim, I think. But anyway, the point is, is that I'm sitting at the plant, and Baruch Hashem, you know, they let me sit at the computer and print out a lot of stuff, too. So they let me do a lot of stuff there. So I'm looking, I'm saying, and, and, and on that computer, for some reason, it has my Barilan credits on there, the computer at the meat plant. So I'm looking, I said, you know, let me do a search here. So I'm, I'm doing a search of, because if you remember, at the end of last week's year, I didn't want to do it here on today's year. We all watched the video of Chacham Avadia and Rav uh, Scheinberg. And the point I want to zero in on is where Chacham Avadia says, I bring you in my farm. And I bring you in my farm. So I was thinking, maybe we do a search on that. So I did a search with the Barilan uh, database. And I looked for not, I, again, I, I did two searches. One, I took his say for the Mishmeris time, we'll talk about it in a second, and I found 61 hits. And a, a, a good 50 of them were from Chochem Avadja or his son. So I found that he's right. He actually likes him, and I figured, I realized there's an affinity. Then I did a, a search where I, took, I wrote the name Scheinberg in. And then I, 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 I put it in the database, right, not the name, and once again, I, I found a whole number of hits, including a, 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 quite a bit from Chochem Avadja. And of course, Chochem Avadja quotes everybody. But I think he likes what Scheinberg was doing, because it's sort of similar to what he was doing in, in a way. People make the, the, make the mistake the Chocham Avadia is the accountant. People think, okay, oh, what does he do? Like, but Moshe is like, Moshe is like the Herculean brain who just takes the, the sugya that nobody even thought was connected, learns it up, spends the two pages being Mavar, every little Habamin and this, and then he comes out with this psak, and no, I never went to Gemara that way. And Chocham Avadia says, well, this question, and he quotes every Sephardi and strange safer that no one ever had before they had Eitzhar right? And, and, and spends the time quoting the, the relative pieces. That's, and then, people have this impression that Chochem Avadi does like, okay, now let's make the Cheshvah. I got 80 on this side saying Mutter, but, you know, I have 50 on this side saying Oster, so 80, my 80, 50 works. That is a, 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 a mass and incorrect oversimplification of what Chochem Avadi does. Chochem Avadi quotes but in every quote, he actually is swimming and alive and coming up with a point of chiluk and stuff. He has tremendous respect for them, but he isn't just a collector. And I think in that way, Rav Scheinberg was very similar in that way. He finds Achronim and starts with the Achronim, and then he has his place where he says, well, I think maybe it's a little bit different. And I think it's that affinity that really caused Lacham to quote him as much as he did, because he likes him. And I think Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef, especially. So let me take the first piece. Okay. Big introduction, but I think it's important. Let's take this piece. Here's the piece that, and again, where does this come from? So I'm going to do a little, I want to get to his Pesach in a second, uh, but at first I'm going to do four, three or four quick pieces. <coughs> Mark is correct. Rav Scheinberg was the Rosh Hashiva, American Rosh of Torah Or, and we talked about last week how important Torah Or was for Americans. One of the things Rav Scheinberg brought there was this idea that Thursday night we have Chaburis and Mishmarim. Now they, I remember we had that in Mir too, but not in the same way. I think in Mir and Eretz Yisrael we had a Mishmar and, and this, but it's really, I don't know if it's an American or a European thing. So Rav Scheinberg would have the Bochum in, in, in the Yeshiva, not... It was almost like we're not going to have the regular learning that we do throughout the week. There's going to be chaburas in analytic thinking. And we're going to open you up to many different areas of shas and halacha. 
And what he wanted the Mishmar to be about was these things look the same, but they're really not. Which is really what the Gemara does, right? The Gemara many times says, well, is this comparable? Is this not comparable, right? Uh, that's part of what the... the right? Rav Scheinberg in, in, uh, defended, and he used to quote the Chassam Seifer, that defends this idea of chilukim. You know, we, we hear a lot about how pilpul, chiluk, giluk, they talk about the, the Shlach, Kodesh, and others talk about how the idea of pilpul is, is, is completely against what Torah should be about. And Rosheinberg, although he, 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 he's very, very clear that you have to learn be'iyun and honestly, but it's important, especially for, for students, like, as the Chamsefer justifies, to think about chilukim, to think about ideas which maybe the Gemara didn't connect, but you can connect. What's the difference? These two are similar or not similar? How can we say a difference between one and the other? And it's from that type of thinking that a young person's mind grows and understands Gemara way of thinking. It's a, and it's a way that's also exciting. Uh, now, that book, I'm sorry, those Chaburis, Rav Scheinberg, his children and grandchildren, Rav Scheinberg used to take part in that. I don't know if he led the Chaburis or made sure everybody spoke about it. I don't know if it was one big group or a bunch of groups, but it was all Rav Scheinberg's idea, and he was, he was the person who came up with it, that Thursday night should be a night of Mishmar spending. Like, not, we're not going to learn the normal thing. We're going, and you can, you can speak to this, Ellie, right? Isn't that what it was like? Was it one big Chaburah, right? It was groups, right? One big group. What? They all sat around them. Everyone sat around them. Go ahead and tell us. And people spoke among each other. Right. And, right. So, it's really not Rush Scheinberg's writing. The, the, the writing in this book is Rav Scheinberg steered the conversation and then his children and grandchildren wrote, wrote it up as notes and some of the other Talmudim. And then that became the Sefer Mishmeres Chaim, which is not necessarily from Rav Scheinberg's Psokim, but it's Rav Scheinberg's view of how learning should be, I guess. Right? Would that be accurate to say it that way? So that's the Sefer that, that everybody quotes because it's easy. So here comes one. Okay. All right, so let's start with this one, Women Learning Torah. Okay, so basically, Rav Scheinberg, again, typically starts with an Akram, all right? He starts with the Beisayisif, king of the Akronim, the first of the great the first of the Akronim. So the Beisayisif quotes the Ogur, also basically an Akram, pretty much like, you know, uh, but, V'shem Ari Malim, Dinoshim Mevorachos Birchos HaTerach HaBishem Okay. So every we know women make birchas every day. They're not chayiv in making birchas but they do. But why? They're not chayiv in the mitzvah. Why are they making? Why are women make the bracha birchas So, and in fact, the question is stronger. The elder says, because you're not supposed to teach your daughter Torah. They shouldn't be learning Torah. They don't have a mitzvah of learning Torah according to the Talmud, and they're not really supposed to learn Torah. So he says, the first answer is. That's First answer is that women make birchas because they are supposed to learn Torah right? Isn't that isn't uh, right? Isn't that what they do? in right? the women, the girls know Ramban a lot better than we do, right? That's what they do in the in the high schools, right? They learn Torah on the high, very high madrega. The second answer, the the ogre says. Aha. In other words, basically, they're going to daven. Well, we, we hope, right? And they're going to use the Siddur. And in the Siddur, in the Siddur Advarim, what you have is you have Tzvilah, you have Korbonus, you have Psukim. And therefore, since they're Chayv and Tzvilah, and when you do the davening, you're not supposed to just, I mean, I don't know which shul you daven at. A lot of times they don't even, you know, it sounds, it seems like they're just davening it up. But they're not just supposed to do korbonis, just run through, come on, can get to the Kaddish already. They're supposed to learn it. So the women who aren't davening in shul don't have that pressure. They're saying the korbonis, so they're saying birchas because it's implied they're going to do the seder atzvila. And in the seder atzvila, they're going to say the psukim. That's part of davening. Okay. Third, this is the part that Rav Scheinberg is going to jump in on. The smog. The smog says women are chayiv to learn the dinim that they that there are chayiv to them. 
right? They got to do mitzvahs. They got to be mafreshkala. They got to know about luchos neither. We talked about a couple minutes ago. They have to know, right? They have to know many, many halachos, right? They, all the all the leisa say they have to be nizarim. They have to know about minhagim, so they have to know. They have to know what they should do, what they shouldn't do. So, but they have to learn them. How else are you going to know it, right? <laughs> There's no way to be able to really live the Torah life unless you read the manual. And reading the manual means learning it and comprehending it and understanding it. So the women make that bracha because of that learning they need to do in order to do the action. So on this, the Minchasinach, and there's a similar approach in the Hakdama, the Beis HaLevi, on second, that's not exactly the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, right? In other words, to know that I need to learn the information in order, right? I'm not... That's not necessarily what you make Birchas on. You want to know how to daven. You want to know how to, 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 to put on tefillin. Well, I've got to learn because otherwise this is a simple way to do it. I mean, this is the way to know how to do things. If a woman wants to know how to be mafresh kala, if a woman wants to know how to cook with the cholent on Shabbos, she has to learn the book. But that's not... If she could somehow get the knowledge in her brain without learning, that would also be good. If, if women came like the Stepford Wives, if they came like, uh, um, <laughs> like the women come like the Stepford, if they come uh, a program with all that knowledge, so they don't necessarily have a mitzvah to learn Torah, right? If a woman has an incredible memory and she remembers everything she learned in in, in Beisaka of the balcony, wherever where she went to, right, whatever school that she got all these ideas from, she doesn't have the mitzvah to go chaser and learn it over. What are you learning it for? You know it. If, you if, if, if she's weak in the prince, but that's not the mitzvah of Limon That's the Minchas Chinuch, and the, the Beis HaLevi says something similar in that Doma. The mitzvah that men have of Limon is that mitzvah that it's not relevant. I know it, but there's still another amkus that I can get out of it. It's not going to affect how I do the mitzvah at all, but the lumdus itself is gishmak. That doesn't apply by women. That's the Minchas Chinuch's point, right? For you, yes. Yeah, you're going to put on phone exactly the same way. But exactly together of the difference in the Kedusha, that's for us to learn. That's the Chiv of men to learn. That's the Mechanist Chinnus Kasha. He says, this that, that you need to learn in order to do is not the real Mitzvah Limit That's That's just the, the Heksher Mitzvah. That's not, that's not the Brocha. That's the Kasha of the Minchus Chinuch on the Bessi Yosef. In other words, the, what's the base of quoting the, the or the ogre quoting the smog? That smog doesn't seem to have the answer. The smog is just saying, women, you better study what you you better study the manual. He's not saying that's the mitzvah limadatay. <coughs> so, Rav Scheinberg wants to say the following. And again, let's take a look. Am I already finished it? Okay, okay. Let's take a look and see what the answer is. So he says, he says like this. He says, "Kiven the mitzvara, chayavos will my dinayim." Obviously, the smag is right. They can't just be told what to do. You can't just tell your wife or a woman can't just be told, "Hey, this is the way you should do it," because that's not going to make you ready for all the possibilities. It's only through self-learning that you know what to do, and that's inherent in being a person that keeps the Torah. Right? Learning is inherent. It's not, not because of the mitzvah of Limit It's for the mitzvah of Shmiras Torah. The mitzvah to be able to do the Torah right, you need to learn them. You can't just be told what to do. You need to understand what I have to do. So if that's true, Rav Scheinberg says, let's say, True, there's a possible that says they don't have the mitzvah. But that would make that miut that, that robs them or, 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 or potters them of the great mitzvah, the enjoyable mitzvah, the amplus mitzvah of Limud, probably is, is, is only is, is excluded from the Torah that they don't need to go through the manual. It's, Scheinberg is saying that once there is this chiyah to learn the manual and to know the laws, then it's logical in his mind that that should also be a place where real Limud goes on. In Kain Chayovas Lumay Dinayim, Mishum Mitzvah Talmuteira, Lorak Lorak Mishum Hechsha Bialma, Kadeshi Yuchul Kain Dinayim, Kamoshulam Amin Chasinos. Because if it's only a Hechsha, they wouldn't make the Bracha. 
So, again, I know that Rav Steinberg was famous for giving shiurim to women. I know that Rav Steinberg felt that women should learn. I don't, again, he might, this might have been just something that came out of a chabura, but I think it's in line with that. That it, it, that it can't just be that all it is is my learning the manual. If, if you have to learn the manual, then there's got to be the amkus of that as well. Because it, 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 lead, it led itself to that. But Rav Steinberg here has sort of fused these two together. They don't, they don't operate in separate areas. So therefore, women definitely have to learn the manual. They have to learn Limit Atayra. And therefore, it's, it's right for them to make Birchaz Atayra and to actually spend time learning about the Pratim and the Lumdis. They should be learning the Rash Mishans on, 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 on Chala and going through the Biurim because that's part of their mitzvah, according to Rav Steinberg. They have the mitzvah of Limit Atayra Ba'amkus. Okay. Let's go to the next thing. Next thing is... Here, let's talk about Shabbos. Okay, go to the quickest one. All right. So, okay. Here's a quick one. All right, he starts again. So again, you can see a little bit. He starts with an achron. We start again. Beis Yosef, Minchas Chinuch, right? And then the Nofach comes in, right? Beis Yosef, Minchas Chinuch, and then the Nofach, which is really different than anything you've seen before, but it's, it, it gets significance because of the setting. Here's another. Here's another example. also a big favorite by the Mitzvah right? They know them all, right? Um, they, uh, uh, Hebrew publishing house used to publish an Oynig Yontif that was like a gigantic. You remember that? Like this giant size Oynig Yontif? Like, like, I, think I, I was always wondering, why is Oynig Yontif only come in a size that's like gigantic? Like, oh, this is what our Rav needs to have. This is a rabbinic state for need to have the Chuvas Oynig Yontif. Right. Well, I look at it the other way. It's like, it's big, and therefore this is what you should be using. So anyway, what does Daniel Yontem say? He says, let's say, a simple Chakira. I have Chometz uh, on Erev Pesach, but my Chometz is in a place that is in a different time zone. So for me, it's still Chometz's Mutter Bahano. But where the Chometz is, it's already not. So if I'd be in the same place, it's not a Shiloh. But is the din of the Isser Hanon Chometz totally in the person, or is it totally in the Chometz? Right? That's his question. So what would the Nachamina be? My Chometz is sitting in a warehouse where it's already past six hours, and you can't already, you can't sell the Chometz. And he's in a place where it's, it's still, he's, he's Mutter Devano. So, the Oynig uh, Yontif says, L'chayra, near a week, you can see here I'm put where the cursor is, this Oynig Yontif, Near a week, Tzasaraya, let's see, Tzasaraya, right? He says, Mestama, that probably it's Basar the Chometz. Shu'achar zman yisr nesr v'anavalim ashkachin al-zman mokoy. Okay, he doesn't even tell you what the, what the Oynig Yontav Saraya is. He says, Oynig Yontav feels it's Basar the Chometz. So now Scheinberg has a topic. Yeshu'i stopic, according to the Oynig Yontav, you have Chometz and the person. You go buster the chametz. What would be the din in the halacha in Ilcha Shabbos of Shvisas Behemta? In other words, here's the halacha where your behema shouldn't be doing malacha. Okay. So how about if your behema is in a different place than you are? Do you say that it's where the behema is, or do you say it's where you are? Okay. In terms of the behema, like. Uh, has he been over the Easter? He's not there, but the Bahim is doing Malacha. Is he over or not? So again, taking the Onig Yontif as the, as the starting point, he now inserts at the Shabbos. So he says, I guess we need to look into what does it mean, Shvisas Behemto? Right? Because you could say, the Nuchalim, that means the Mitzvah of Behemah. The Din, it's a Din in the Behemah. That the Behemah should not be doing work. How do you know it's a Din in the Behemah? Because the behemoth, it's in the behemoth, it's from the point of view, so to speak, of the behemoth, that you know whether you do a malach, whether it's called a malacha. For example, if, a behemoth, if, you, if the behemoth is going out doing tlisha, the behemoth is ripping up things and doing what's considered kotzer on Shabbos, that's not shvisa's behemoth. 
the, the, a principle of Shrisa's behema is behema centered. What a behema consider work? If you could get into the brain of Betsy and Mr. Ed and figure out what exactly it is that they don't like to do, they don't like having stuff on them. That's what they consider malacha. But walking around and picking stuff off and picking dandelion, whatever, and, and, and eating them, even though that would be tlisha for a human, but for a behema, that's nayach. That's, that's called nayach. That's, whereas malacha for a behema is having a pack on it, etc., etc. That's right, and working for, working for the man. So he says, L'chorah. Uh, right, but this, because what Scheinberg is, 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 is dealing with it. He says, you see that the definition is vis-a-vis from the animal's perspective, so maybe it's like the chametz. The chametz is there. It's where the chametz is also. From the animal's perspective, the animal's on this issue. If it's a Jewish animal. Obviously the animal has no chiv, but... but Right. Right. So he says, but but again, you're right. You could, but you see how he's setting up this idea. Or maybe the mitzvah is what Mark says. In other words, it's the owner. This is called hishvises. Everything that he owns. <laughs> I. If it's uh, and, and obviously, it, 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 what's considered shvisa for an animal is this is imavinayachle. I, the, I, you don't have to stop the animal from picking and and, 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 and harvesting <laughs> because by a behema the definition of menucha is different. But at least it's dependent on me. So he says, He says it's totally b'makam abayim because uh, since, as Mark says, the whole mitzvah is from him. So right, so Mark actually figured out the end as he was developing it. And this, whether, again, but what you see is he took the Oynigyantiv's Chomets Chakira, and he thought, hey, can we say the same thing by Shrisas Behemtai? On, on, on the surface, yes, but really not. One last thing. Um, oh, let me go back here. Hold on. You know what? I'm going to do the last one. And hopefully you guys will stick around just for a second on that. Um, this is a real Givaldic question. Okay. Um, um, you know what? I'm going to skip it. Right, I'm going to go to the. I'm going to go to this one on birth control. Okay. Here was the shadow of Scheinberg had. I don't know. I'm not a gynecologist, but there's a way you can tie a woman's tubes. If you tie the fallopian tubes, I think. Am I right? The fallopian tubes. If, if you tie the fallopian tubes. So what will happen is, is that the seed, the, the, the egg doesn't come down. He says that the, the sperm doesn't get there. Okay? So that's one-eighth of tying tubes. Tying tubes became a, a more popular thing to do. The question is, if you have a woman who the police can already tell her that she shouldn't get pregnant, so sakana for to be in, 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 in pregnancy. But still, what's the best way to do it? Is it best to do it with tying the tubes or to use a moch? In other words, that she should use she should have a device, some sort of insert that she can wear, and by wearing it, basically what happens is the sperm is therefore blocked from uh, again, basically he says... Both, both these are, are temporary and reversible. Just, you can do something else. Okay, so first of all, he actually says that uh, when he uh, asked a, a physician about it, he says that once you tie the tubes, he says, B'meshach hazman, you take a look here in Aleph, M'skalkulim ha-shavilim, D'shuvenim hatira that it isn't so temporary, that once you tie them for a while, they actually wither to a point. Science has changed from 1965 to... Okay. Right. Right. But anyway, the point is, is that in those days, there was either to make a chetach, as he says over here also, to basically wound the woman, to basically turn her into an infertile woman once, or to use the... Uh, to use to use the device or whatever it is, the moch, the IUD device, whatever it is, the diaphragm, to use that constantly anytime the family, the couple wants to engage in conjugal relations. 
Uh, so, he says, L'chora, he says, let's say, uh, there's the first time he says, whether Sirus by an Isha is the rice or not. Okay? Um, we know that you can't be Messiris a male. A male is not allowed to, to cast, to, to go through a, a process that results in like a, a situation where you can't have children, castration, or, or, or cut or vasectomy. But, um, there's a machlekes whether women have that or not. So Lechaira, he says, if you hold like the, the sheet of the goin, of the goin he brings down here, that there is an Easter Sirastaraisa for a woman, and that would be called being Masarister. So therefore, he says, it's probably better to use the IUD device than to, to go through this operation. It's not a question for Ravu, it's the question whether it's an Israsirus. There's a lot of Lasasukain Bachol Meshweisecha, Hokasoilo. So, Lachaira, he says, he says, first of all, this Isr definitely happened. The second thing is, he says, to use a Moch, you could say a Moch is not, a, is, it's not Oster. In other words, if you say that she's allowed to not become pregnant, and that's a psak, so it's not the pshat that the ister is nidche. You could say that a woman who gets us the pshak, it's mutter for her to do it. It's not bachlal ister at all. There's no ister of ashchos hazera of, 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 of destroying the seed. But he says, if you want to say, however, and this is where he gets, he gets very interesting. Let's say using a moch, using an IUD device, has an Easter of of Mitzisarovatola because you know there's no way pregnancy can occur or very little chance or almost none. But we say, so why are you allowed to use the device? Because what do you want? The woman never to have relations? The woman should never have a baby? The woman should never be able to have relations with her she can't have a baby, but she never should have relations. So he says that's the mitzvah of Ono, the Godalashovo. So therefore, even though it's like you have an essay of the couple to live like normal couples. And the, uh, living like normal couples means they have a right to engage in conjugal relations. That's Shalom. That's Ono. So therefore, he says they have a mitzvah now that can be Docha, the Losasei of Hatsazera. He says there maybe you should say it's better to do Sirus. Why? Because as we know, the Raiva, the famous Raiva in Yuma that the Ran quotes, it's worse to do a smaller Easter many times than doing an Easter Chomer once. So therefore, he wants to say that every time you use the Moch, basically you have the Easter of Itzazera. Now Itzazera is only you know, Kabbalistically considered this, this Easter Chomer. It's not on record, you know, again, it's, I guess, in the Torah in some way, but you could call that, let's say, an Isra Kal, but you're doing that Isra many, many times. Masha'en came here, what's happening is, is that um, uh, you do it once. So therefore, Rav Scheinberg was declaring that it's actually better to have the tubes tied. Because by having the tubes tied, true, they did one Isra, of, of being Masari's her, but it only happened once. Whereas here, every time they go into the conjugal union, they're basically true, they have a het there, but it's, it's nitche, but the ister is being, is, 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 is being violated in some sense. In Cain, second line here, So, Okay, so again, then he gets into maybe it's not really an Easter. If it's essay de Chalaisa, say it's not really an Easter. So I thought this was, again, an interesting approach that he took to a practical question. Uh, and and he, he's approaching it really, again, you have to look the stuff up that he's quoting here. But I, I think over here, you really see pretty much very different than what we saw in the in the Mishmaris time. This is a posting dealing with the Shiloh, right? And yeah, but he, but he but he takes the reader into the, the essential question. What is the Yisr of, of of tying the tubes? What is the Yisr, what's going on when you use the Moch, etc. And again, this is how he works through it. So I, I think here uh, it's a nice contrast of Rafsheinberg as a Pisik really approaching it pretty much I think in, in almost 
uh, a standard way. And I know we're running out of time here, but um, I think we already have run out of time. So um, since you guys are sitting here, let's do one last thing just to be used to <laughs> Just one last thing. So because I, I, we are going to post this. Um, let's go on the um, it's birth control. One last thing on Shabbos. He was such a nizar in Shmira Shabbos. So we're supposed to talk about this. Um, here's the Shiloh. He starts with quoting the, the, the great Achron on Hilcha Shabbos, which is Ramanacham Zempa. Ramanacham Zempa wrote a sefer. Now, I, I guess I should restate that. He's the great Achron on one Malocha of Hilcha Shabbos, which is this, uh, a sefer on Hitzot. It's a small sefer. But it basically is all the rubbish discussion of what Hitzot is. Ramanacham Zempa says like this, that... We know there's the Rabbi, we pass them like Rabbi Yochan and Enuma, the Chatsi Shir is Osir Menatora, right? person eats a small amount of Chametz, it's still Osir. It's not Chayv Karis, right? person eats a small amount of Chazir, he was over an Easter from the Torah. He isn't even a Kazai, he doesn't get Matos, but he has to do Tshuva, he's done an Easter Daraisa, he's considered Navaria, many, many things. We were in the first, uh, first chapter of the uh, eighth parak of Yuma. We passed him Rabbi Yochan. So now the question is, does Chatsi Shir apply outside of the eating area? Does it apply to actions? We know that the Gemara tells us that when it comes to Hitzah, there's a Shir for whatever you're carrying, right? It depends on the item. The item has to have a significance, right? It has to be a Grogeris or something. But right? how much of it did you transfer from the Rishasayach to the Rishasayach? It's not the transfer of anything. There has to be a shear. Similarly, the Gemara talks about baking. How much do you have to bake to be considered uh, a malacha? Okay. So then the question is, how about if you bake less? How about if you carry less? Is there a din chatsi shear on baking or carrying less? Okay. So... <coughs> let's think of so Rav Nachum Zembo says what's this based on it's based on what is the problem of baking less or carrying less why is it if I carry a small amount from one place why aren't I over why, isn't it, why aren't I high of Misa well the reason is is because it's 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 it's, 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 it's not in other words how do people carry what do people consider significant? It's not, well, you carry something. But what do people consider significant? When it comes to flour, it's got to be this amount. When it's got to be whatever it is. So, as we to say it in Yiddish, it's a felt in the Malachas Machshavas. It's not Malachas Machshavas. Okay. So, if that's what it is. Now we have another question. What does it mean when a Malacha is not the way people always do it? Is that similar to a... Uh, no, is it similar to not eating enough? In other words, it, in other words, is it... Chati Shir is the idea. Look, it's Oster. You just need a Kazayas to get smashed. Okay, I ate part of that. Malachas Machshavas. Well, I did the action. I just didn't have the intent or the amount that was necessary to make it normal. So is Malachas Machshavas a din in the Malacha? In other words, without Malachas Machshavas, it's not really a Malacha from the Torah. Or is it a shear, so to speak, in what a Malacha is? So that's the Chakir of Menachem Zemba. Let's take a look inside. He says, The Malachas Machshavas ain't a chastern be'etzma That's Rashi Shita. The point is, is that it's just like a shear. If it's not Malachas Machshavas, I can't give you skila. So, the same way, so, the, so a chazi shear of, of not enough of a, of, 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 uh, less than a gregaris, a kazayist worth of material, it's not Malachas Machshavas, but it's still Oster, the same way chazi shear is Oster. But the Rambam, when he talks about chazi, when, when the Rambam talks about not caring sufficient amount in Rishos HaRavim, he says this is similar to m- making an Akira, lifting something up, and not putting it down. 
So obviously, according to the Rambam, it's not a malacha that you just didn't do enough of. A half of malacha is not a malacha at all. So the Rambam holds, this is all from the Rambam Zemba, the Rambam holds that therefore Akira Beloy, the same Akira Beloy is only a half of Malocha, so a Chatsi, uh, not carrying the appropriate amount out into Rishos Sarabim is also not a Malocha, and it's only also Mid And that's the Rambam Shita, the Malachas Machsheves means it's not a Malocha at all. According to Rashi, it has a shame malacha, which just can't be machai if you want it. According to the Rambam, it's not a malacha until it's a malachas machshevis. And therefore, the nafkamina of Nacham Zemah says, has to do with chatzi shir. Okay, that's, no, that's nothing from Rav Scheinberg. That's, now, here comes Rav Scheinberg. So he says, if that's true, he quotes, what about the, um, if, if you learn that it's a machlekas rishonim, but we know that when it comes to caring less than Dalit Amas in Rishus HaRabim, it's only in Osir Isr de Rabbana. If you carry from one spot in, in Rishus HaRabim to the other spot, if you've gone four Amas, that's an, that's an Isr Minatara. If you go less than four Amas, that's an Isr de Rabbana. So Rav Scheinberg, quoting the Tzvaris Yisrael, asks, hold on. We said before, according to the Rambam, Chatsi Shir is Oster Menatayra. So if I bake less than I am Chayiv, that's still Oster. So why, why are you telling me that I go less than four Amas and Rishos HaRabim is the Rabbanon? It should be Darais of Chatsi Shir. That's the Kashi deals with. So on this, Rav Scheinberg says the following answer. It says, near release is like this. What's the whole idea of Chatsi Shir? Chatsi Shir means... Why does Rabbi Yochanan say it's Oster? Rabbi Yochanan says it's Oster because it's Chazi with Sarufe. In other words, <laughs> I ate uh, a little bit of the, of the Chazir. If, that, if I kept on doing that, right, all those pieces would equal a complete piece. So that's the Raya. Rabbi Yochanan says that even a little bit is Oster. But Rabbi clears a little bit deeper. So what does that mean? He says, by a Nevela or by a Chazir, he says... It's, 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 it's a fiction. This is Rav Scheinberg's Kiddush. Look what he says. I want to show you the Lashem because I want to do justice to it. And even though Yankee's not here, he'll be mad if I don't do this. He says, We look at a Kazayas, which is where you get Makos for, as a Chefts of a Kazayas. That's not true. Every Kazayas is by definition a, co- a conglomeration of little, little pieces. That's what it is. Right? Kazayas Nevela is just a hitstarfus of many mashuun, right? So, and every mashu is a, is the chetz of Nevela b'fnei True. Till you get that amount, we can't lash you. But clearly, if you if you get lashes for eating it, it's because every little thing you ate was a chetz of the surah. And the truth is, the same thing is true. You get more if you spend an entire plateful in one sitting. You still get one. It depends how many asrahs you get. Depends how many times you get asrahs. But, 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 but again, here's the, here's the brilliance of Rav Scheinberg here. In other words, he says, again, I just want to speak it out well, that when you have Chatzishir by Nevela, so obviously, the Komash, you can say, it's Chazi with Starufe, because every piece, true, I don't have enough to be Chayv Matos, but come on, even when I have the whole amount, what do I really have? True, I, 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 they, they, it, they, it, it, basically what it is, is the byproduct of all these pieces together. That's what a huge amount is. A huge amount is a bunch of little things together. So therefore, the Torah says, Yechayim on a Kezayis, the whole Nevela is a Chetz of the Easter. So therefore, even a little, little crumb of it, you've over an Easter Daraisa. Because, Ein Chetz of Shokezayis, it's a fiction that a Kezayis is something. It's all, a kazais is only a way for us to measure when we look at it for them to best and to know to give you makos. But in essence, it's not really something called a kazais. But he says, <coughs> he says, by Melech Shabbos, by Avaris Talad Amis, what's going on? Avaris Talad Amis is one act of going for Amis. It's not a bunch of movements of stops and starts. 
Because we know, so you need, in order for something to be called a hotzah, it has to have an akir in the beginning, and noch at the end. So, and, and, and if there's one akira and one anocha, right? So, that's called a havara. You can't say, well, I can, every little stop I made, I put them together. Now I have, uh, 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 each thing is a chefz of the Easter. That's not true. <laughs> because every time you, you stop and start, you can't say, oh, havara stalad amis is a chefz of the Easter. It's not like the nevela. And therefore, each little part of it, since it, since, it, since it involves stopping, you can't say, well, I stopped. Okay, that's, that's not part of the Havar Stavadamas. When I put a little crumb of Nevel into my mouth or Chazar into my mouth, that's the Chef Sidiyasar. I don't get Makas, but it's Osir. Havar Stavadamas, oh, I made one step. I took the thing in Rishwatarabim and I walked and I stopped. That's not part of the of 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 of, of the big Easter of Avaris Daladamas. Avaris Daladamas has to be by definition has to be one Akira at the beginning of Daladamas, one Anoch at the end of Daladamas. So you can't use Chatsi Shir, even the old Chatsi Shir Sasra you can't use that to say that it should be uh, by Shabbos, you can't say that it should be Osir by Avaris Daladamas. So therefore, you say it's part of or no? It's only Osir the Rabbanon, right? It's part of Osir the Rabbanon. But even if you hold that baking a little bit or of 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 of, of baking is different, the baking is an act of baking. I didn't bake enough, so it's a chazi shir. According to the Rambam, it's also minatayra. But, but nobody, but nobody would say that's his point. Nobody would say avaris daladamas. So I think again. I, I haven't done justice, but I think you see that he's more than just a malakit. This in each place he has he he swims because he shows Dachreinamir. He doesn't start like our salvation or others with the Rishonim and say what's the pshat. He tell he, he and part of it might have been his his inherent modesty, but I think you see the nofech in each of these nakudas that that I chose. I think that's in, in some way. A, a sort of a proof that you don't have to always come up there and be the the, the cleanup batter and, and the guy that can that, that can that can the the nofach is here and I think that's for us as I said in your addition that's really born out of his real inherent humility and love uh, of of the sources. Thanks for saying a little bit later. I hope I I, I was able as a schluss for him and my friend Mordechai Eliyahu which should be a schluss for him. We should only hear refuos and yeshuos. So when you see you next week, Mitzvah Hashem. I want to ask. Okay, um, over here. Um, just saying a little bit later. I hope I, I, I was able, as a schluss for him and my friend, Mordechai Eliyahu, which should be a schluss for him. We should only hear refuos and yeshuos. So here, see you next week, Mitzvah Hashem.